are listening to Keep the Main Thing, the Main Thing podcast. To learn more, visit thepineschurch.com. Welcome everyone to the Pines Church online experience. My name is Matt Joy. I'm the lead pastor here and I am so excited that you decided to carve out 25, 30 minutes and change to study God's word with us. Today is a very special day because we are celebrating our very first birthday, our one year anniversary as a church. It was a year ago that we launched, we planted the Pines Church, and now we are here a year later, still standing, not only standing, but thriving and advancing the kingdom of God. And so this is gonna be a special, unique uh, service. We're gonna take time to reflect, to remember, to rejoice in the things that God has accomplished in and through us. And then I'm gonna share the vision that God has given us uh, as we take ground in 2022. And so I am really excited and I just wanted to, um, I wanted to thank each and every single one of you that have tuned in uh, via podcasts or tuned in on YouTube or even on our social media platform or on our website. Uh, We have broadcast the message wide and far and uh, it's just so awesome to see Uh, all the different people that are listening to it. We have uh, people in every single continent that have tuned in to our broadcast with the exception of Antarctica. So the penguins, you're gonna need to be praying for them. They need to hear the word of God, but we're just so grateful um, for the doors that the Lord has opened for us. You know, many of you may be tuning in for the very first time and some of you may have been along for the journey as a whole, but it, it bears reminding that when Jess and I noticed or recognized that there was a transition uh, coming in our lives. We began to pray because we had really everything that we wanted. We had security, community, influence, and we were A-OK. We had a trajectory and we were all good. We kind of almost hit autopilot, but we sensed that the Lord was disrupting something. And so that caused us to press into prayer. And as we pressed into prayer, God confirmed and gave us a vision for this church. So I've said this many times and I will continue to say it as long as I have breath in my lungs. This church, the vision, vision for this church was caught in prayer. It was birthed in prayer. And so as we move forward, we are going to continue to press into prayer where we catch that vision for each and every new year. And so I'm excited to share the vision that I have for 2022, but I wanted to start by reflecting on the vision that God gave us as we were to plant this church. And some of you have heard this, some of you haven't. But as we were in that stage of of really seeking what the Lord had for us, I'm not a big dreamer. I don't have a lot of dreams. Um, I don't necessarily even have a lot of visions, but God gave me this clear vision. And, and, and I remembered every single detail of it and I knew that it was from the Lord. And so I'm gonna share it with you. In this vision, I saw a field. And I don't know a lot about farming, but I could just tell you this would be a hard field to uh, farm in or plant. Uh, there was, it was covered in this like dry dirt. It was like sun-scorched earth. If you were to pick, up, pick it up in your hands, it would just run through. Um, and it covered the entire field. And I noticed that there were these people standing in front of me. And one by one, I could only see the back of them. They would come up to the field. And then 
uh, they would kind of shrug their shoulders or kind of wave their hands like this. And then it was my turn to approach this field. And to be honest with you, I had a similar response. Like it looks like a hard field. And then I noticed a man standing to my left. And in the, in the vision, I knew that this man represented the Holy Spirit. And he reached down and he touched my hand. And all of a sudden I could see through that sun scorched earth, I could see that it was only about an inch deep. And what it had done is actually vacuum sealed the entire field. And the only way that I could explain that the soil underneath that topsoil, it was so nutrient rich uh, that I could see droplets of moisture begin to appear on it. And I, and, I, and I perceived this, I just understood it, that if you were to plant a seed in that soil, not only would you reap a quick harvest, but a bountiful one. And then I heard the Holy Spirit say this, and I'll never forget this, okay? He said, I've allowed you to see this. Now, what are you going to do about it? And when I awoke from that dream, I knew that that field represented the state of Maine, that God was calling me back to the land that I was born and raised in to plant a spirit-filled, life-giving church to take ground for the kingdom. And here we are a year later, um, thriving. And I just wanted to share some of the things that we've, that God has been able to accomplish in and through us. I want to give God all the glory because all we're doing is being obedient to what he is sharing with us. And so we sold everything we had. We packed up a U-Haul. We said goodbye to all our friends. And it was in the middle of COVID. It was super weird. I remember driving across the United States and it took 36 hours. Okay. So, cause we came from Colorado and there were only truckers on the road because this was just after like shelter in place, COVID, everything. And it was like the, it was like an apocalyptic movie. And I remember we stayed at a hotel and uh, there were only six cars at the hotel. <laughs> it was crazy. And then we got here and no one was leaving their house and we didn't know anybody, but we knew that the Lord had put something inside of our hearts. So as this, as a restaurant started to open, as the coffee shop started to open, we began to have interest meetings where all I would do is sh we would share the vision and then it would resonate with people and God started to add onto our number. And then we planted the church. We launched it March 7th of 2021. And through that, we have had 144 first-time guests, meaning people that have filled out connection cards and saying, I want to get connected and, and be a part of the church. We have had um, 83 Pines kids. So 83 kids have come to the Pines, um, have been able to study God's word, worship with us. Um, we have 56 Dream Team members. So amazing numbers there. They're the ones that are behind the scenes, setting up and tearing down, uh, hands and feet of Jesus, taking ground for the kingdom. We have had 11 baptisms, which is truly extraordinary. One of them taking place in a hot tub in the middle of the winter, because when you're in Maine, you got to improvise, you got to adapt and overcome. And this is the most beautiful number. We have had 38 salvations, 38 people have surrendered their lives to the Lordship of Jesus and are on a completely different trajectory than where they were. And so, and, and that's just 
some of the big numbers, but on an individual basis, we have seen marriages restored and strengthened. We have seen people set free from addictions. We have seen people begin their their journey in spiritual disciplines. We have seen people maturing off of milk and onto steak. Paul's words, read the New Testament. Um, And we've seen people grow in their their giftings, destinies and callings um, understood and, and revealed. And so we're just so excited and we wanna take the time to remember. We wanna take the time to rejoice. Remember, rejoice means re is a prefix, to take joy in the things that God has already accomplished in and through our lives. And what that does is it builds our faith to be able to believe for the future. And so um, we're just so grateful for what God has done, what he's accomplishing in and through us. And I wanna take the rest of this time to really unpack and to share the vision that God has given me are given us as a as a leadership team um, going into 2021. As you know, we took the first, well, it wasn't the first 21 days. Um, it was the last 21 days of January. You do the math on that. And we, we prayed and we fasted as a church and really pressed into what the Lord had for us as a church, um, as a nation, um, on a personal level. And I believe that God gave us a clear vision, instructions for what 2021 is going to look like. And I'm gonna unpack that right now. And even if you're not a part of the Pine Church, even if you're watching from afar, I believe that this is gonna light something up on the inside of you because some of this is much broader than the Pines Church. Some of this pertains to the body of Christ as a whole. But as I was in prayer, the Lord gave me this word and the word was Blitzkrieg. Okay, Blitzkrieg is a German word. It's, it's it typically used, um, you know, when we're studying World War II. World War II. And I'm just gonna go ahead and define it for you. Blitzkrieg is an intense military campaign intended to bring about victory and to occupy a land. So to, uh, to, in, when you use it in the context of World War II, Blitzkrieg would mean they would take that land to attack and to occupy by land, sea, and air. So they would, in other words, throw everything they had towards um, that area. And that's what the, that's the word that the Lord gave me. And in that, he gave me three different areas, three focal points for the church to focus on in 2021. And so I want to share those three tips of the trident um, going into 21, 2021 uh, with you today. And um, when I share these, they're in no particular order. All three of these are important and all three of these are what we should go after. Number one is unity in the church. The Bible says where there's unity, God commands his blessing. If you've been a part of the Pine Church, you know that every single service, we carve out time to pray as a body for other churches in our area on our streets um, for them to be able to advance the kingdom of God, that God would open up the city for them, that God would open up 
doors of provision and resources for them, that God would multiply unto their number, that they would move in signs, wonders, and miracles, that their marriages would be strengthened, that their children would grow in favor and stature with men, but most importantly, with God, that they would flourish and accomplish everything that the Lord has put inside of their hearts. Far too long, the enemy has whispered in the ears of pastors and believers to view other churches as competition. But we are all part of the church, big C, all part of the family of faith. We are brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of the most high. And so the time uh, has come for us to tear apart any division inside of the church and to come alongside. And so we're passionate about that. The Bible says where there's unity, God commands his blessing. And I wanted to read this. This is such a strong example of unity um, and why we must fight for fierce unity. In the book of Genesis, God is watching some unbelievers. I just want you to think about this. God is watching some unbelievers and they have this idea that they're going to build a tower, the Tower of Babel, to reach all the way to heaven. And God sees what these people are doing and he says this. These are God's words. Behold, they are one people and they have all one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. God is looking at these people and saying, because they have set their minds to this and they are all in one accord, there is nothing that will be impossible to them. And they weren't under the covenant that we have with God. And so there is strength in unity. There is a speed in unity. There is uh, an abundance in unity. And so we must be a church that strives to work alongside, uh, strives maybe the wrong word, but that, that makes it, that is purposeful to work alongside other churches. Think about it like this. Um, you know, we have the United States military, but under that umbrella, we have the Marines, we have the Navy, we have the Army, we have the Air Force, and we have the Coast Guard, okay? Stupid is the Marine that says we don't need the Army, Stupid is the, is, the, is the army soldier that says, we don't need the Navy. No, we all have our function. So the Navy brings in the Marines. The, the Marines secure, you know, the beachhead. Then we bring in the big gun. We bring in the, we bring in the army, okay? And then the Air Force provides support. And the Coast Guard protects. You know, the, everybody has their role and their function. And so we as a church are gonna come alongside other churches. And when, you know, I just think it's so interesting. The Bible says that judgment begins in the house of the Lord. When we look at the dysfunction of our government and we say, why can't you come to a partisan agreement? Why can't you work together? Well, judgment begins in the house of the Lord. And I think nothing grieves the heart of God more than when you have a church of God on one side of the street and assemblies of God on the other side of the street. Okay, same work, same land, same boss, so to speak. And the two of them don't even know each other and they're not working with each other. I think, I believe that that grieves the heart of God. And so we have to cut through the red tape and the bureaucracy of, you know, church and come alongside. And we are going to do that. So one of the spears of the trident is unity as we move forward with and along other churches. Number two is discipleship. Um, 
part of our mission statement is that we develop uncompromising followers of Christ who transform our world. Jesus said in the book of Matthew, the great commission, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This isn't a great commission for a select few. This is for all believers. We have a responsibility to teach people to obey the word of God, to disciple people, the willing and uh, understanding to go deeper in, into the weightier things of God. There are so many people out there um, that have a splintered identity in Christ. In other words, they're, they're kind of resting in the shallows, but God is calling them out into the deep. God wants you to be made whole. You were meant to shine a unique facet of God's righteousness and glory that quite frankly, no one that's ever walked the earth and no one that ever will, will be able to shine the way that you can shine it. But we have a lot of junk that's in our lives that we must uproot. And as we press into the word of God, as we behold God, we become more like him so that we can shine in the sphere of influence that God has called us to. Maybe you're a teacher, maybe you're a doctor, maybe God has called you into the business sector of the world. Your life was meant to shine and to point people to Jesus. And so as we come into the house of the Lord, as we launch into small groups, as we have Wednesday night, um, encounter meetings where we're just, the goal is just to press into the presence of God. We're going to commit to discipling ourselves and discipling one another because you can only give what you got. So we all have to make the decision to step out of the kiddie pool and to go deep into this, to not just go to church and check a box and say, well, I have that going in my life, but to say, no, I want to be transformed by the renewing of my mind in the word of God. And so we're gonna make a commitment to going deep um, in the word of God. And so discipleship, it is it's at the core uh, of who we are. And we're gonna commit to doing a better job of that on an individual basis as a church and also leading others in that. Which leads us into the third uh, spear of the trident, and that is this, the lost. When God called us here to, to, to Maine, um, I did a little research. <laughs> Maine is ranked 49th in Christians per capita, meaning there are less Christians in Maine than any other state with the exception of Vermont. I mean, think about this. We send missionaries to places of the world that have a higher concentration of believers than our own home turf. Less than 3% of Maine's population would classify themselves um, as Christian. On top of that, Maine ranks in the top 10 of opiate addiction and overdose, top 10 government assistance, top 10 uh, divorce rate, and top 20 suicides. So if any place needs more churches, uh, it's the state of Maine. And, and, and I believe that the Lord showed me that's the brokenness of Maine, but there's a beauty in Maine. Maine is the second largest uh, 
forest in all of the United States. It's the third largest coastline. That's why they call it vacation land. It's the safest state to raise your children. And when I was, you know, looking at those stats, I I believe the beauty and the brokenness the Lord showed me, it's the safest state to raise your children, but it's one of the highest likelihoods that they could get addicted to opiates um, and end up losing their life. And I see the church as directing people towards their divine destinies, rerouting people from the world system. And so that's why we exist. We are here um, for the lost. And, um, and so that's what we're going to be about because the Bible says um, in Matthew 9, 37, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the field. I need each and every single one of you to view yourself as workers. It's not the pastor's job, the worship pastor's job. It's the responsibility of each and every single one of us to be willing to roll up our sleeves and get a little dirt under our fingernails to bring in that harvest. I love that the scripture says that it's work. We, it's work to bring in the harvest and we need workers. We were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And so there is a harvest. People are ready. They're looking at systems, governmental systems, the world system breaking down. There are wars and rumors of wars, diseases and famines. The Bible tells us, warns us that these are the beginning of birth pains, that the world is coming to its end. And so we have a responsibility as a church to go out into the world and to reach the lost, not in a weird way, okay? Not in a way where we invite somebody over to our our house and as soon as dinner's over, we bring out the whiteboard, okay? And you know that like a multi-level marketing uh, pitch is coming. How would you like to make more money by not doing anything different than you're already doing, okay? People don't wanna be sold. People do not want to be sold. And many times I've seen people try to cram the word of God down people's throats and they haven't even taken the time to get to know people. And let me just say this, you really have no business sharing the word of God if you don't love people. Because that just tells me that you don't understand the depth of the, of the love that God has for you. Because if you love God, you're going to love his people, your brothers and sisters. And when you love people, you wanna be in relationship with people. And then if you're in relationship with people and you love people, you're going to share the truth with people. And I believe that the gospel advances through relationship, not through conferences, not through uh, streaming videos. We do all those things. Those things are good, but it, 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 it comes through relationship. 83% of the people that are in church are there because somebody invited them. They invited, they didn't invite a complete stranger, although that may happen, but most time somebody is invited by somebody they know, a coworker, a neighbor, a family member. And so we need to commit to being in relationship with people. And that's the messiness. That's the, that's the rub in life. The Bible says in the book of Acts, when the, when the apostles dedicated themselves to the studying of God's word, to prayer 
and the breaking of bread, God multiplied unto their number. We like to compartmentalize church. Like I can have, I have my church box on Sunday morning and maybe I have one small group on Wednesday night and that's it. But there's no, and we try to almost like put these categories, secular and sacred, but there is no difference. It's all sacred, okay? And so sometimes the hardest thing that we can do is opening up our home and making time for other people to spend, to get to know them. But that's really where the gospel advances is through relationship. And so I want you to know at the Pines Church, we are going to be about um, the lost. And, and I want to say this too. The lost aren't just homeless people uh, sleeping on the side of the road in a tent. Okay, the lost, uh, and, and the Holy Spirit reminded me of this. I remember I was in, in a grocery store one day. And I remember the Holy Spirit, I was just kind of, um, I was just doing my own thing. And I felt the... I heard the Holy Spirit say, I want you to buy um, this woman's groceries. And I'm at the checkout, like the self-checkout lane. You know what I'm talking about? Um, and uh, I see this woman, okay? And she's wearing Lululemon. And she has um, this uh, key fob. And it's to a, um, it's to a Range Rover. And uh, Land Rover? A lane, Range Rover? Yeah. La, la, anyway, I don't know. It's really baller car. Like super expensive car. And, uh, you know, she's, she's kind of, she's got her iPhone, you know, and, and I'm judging, okay? And you're going to see I was in error. And I'm like, God, I, I, I don't need to buy this woman's groceries. Like, I heard the Holy God say, buy her groceries. I'm like, I don't need to buy her groceries. She, maybe she could buy my groceries because she looks like she's doing all right. And so, but I knew that the Lord was asking me to do it, okay? And so I go up to her and I say, hey, I, I don't know if you believe in God, but I've committed my life to him. And the Lord is making it very clear to me that he wants me to come over here and to buy your groceries. And she had the response that I thought she'd have. She kind of looked at me at first and was kind of like, I don't need you to buy my groceries. And, and I just kind of chuckled and I just acknowledged the moment and said, yeah, I know you don't need me to buy your groceries, but the Lord is telling me to. And so what I would say to you is that, um, I think the Lord wants you to know that you're on his heart and that he cares about you. And I know that you don't need me to buy your groceries, but I think this interaction was more about letting you know that God sees you and that he cares about you. And let me tell you, in that moment, that woman started to tear up. And she just said, you don't know how much this means to me. Thank you so much. See, it wasn't about the groceries. The groceries had absolutely nothing to do with it. The fact that the Lord interrupted me and said, I need you to do this for her. Let her know whatever she was going through. Obviously, she was going through something. And if I would have just looked at, she looks fine, and then the lost is on the street that's living in the tent, and they need God, and I would have, would have like missed out on the opportunity to minister to her. So whether you're rocking a Bentley and wearing Lululemon, or you're on the side of the road, People are lost and they're looking for purpose. They're looking for a relationship with their creator. Tozer said it like this, every single one of us has a God-shaped hole and no amount of sex status or stuff is ever gonna be able to satisfy that longing, only a relationship with our creator. And in that moment, that woman knew that her creator was real and that he loved her. And so we are gonna be about the loss. People are not projects, so we're not looking at them as projects that need to be fixed. We are looking at them as people that need to know that the Lord loves them and that we're going to be in relationship with them. 
And you know, I know that Maine is a hard environment as I just shared those statistics. It's a hard environment. But my first sergeant used to say it like this, hard times don't last, hard men do. And instead of praying for a lighter load, we need as a body of Christ to start praying for stronger backs, to be able to handle more, to be able to go out into those fields and to do that work and not expect someone else to do it for, for us. We cannot outsource evangelism. We cannot outsource bringing in the harvest. It is on each and every single one of us to be a part of bringing that harvest in. And so in closing, I just want to highlight that the vision of the Pines Church going into 2021 is Blitzkrieg, is the three tips of the Trident. We are going after the lost. We are going to disciple the people that God has entrusted to us. And we are going to work alongside the local church and build and unify the body. And so that's what we are about. I'm excited for the future. And I want to close in this. When I moved here, there was a prophecy um, that I was made aware of that was given over the state of Maine. Now, I don't know what your background is in the church. You may say, eh, prophecy, that sounds a lot, of, that sounds weird. But I'm just here to tell you, if you believe in the Bible, 27% of the Bible is prophetic. Okay, so we are a church that believes in prophecy. And this prophecy was given, and now I don't want to confuse this, this prophecy that was given isn't part of the Bible, but God still speaks, still gives visions, and, and still gives dreams. And so this vision was given from a man that's a father in the faith in the church. His name is Dutch Sheets, and he said this. He said, as the sun touches Maine first before it touches the rest of the United States, so will a move of God begin in Maine and spread across the United States. And as I thought about that, I thought, isn't it just like God to go to the coldest, hardest, furthest area and to light a fire? And I am here to tell you that the Pines Church is going to be a part of that. This isn't going to be relegated to one church or one particular ministry. The Lord is going to move on this land. There is a spiritual awakening that's getting ready to take place in this land. And the Pines Church is ready to link arms with other churches to help bring in this harvest of souls. And I'm excited for what God has in this upcoming year. And I really am going to close with this, said every pastor in the world, as I get ready to close this. I wanted to end with this. As I was praying and putting this message together and thinking about how I was going to convey the message, I really felt like the Lord put this verse in my heart. And I want you to receive this verse. I want you to receive this verse over the church, over the state of Maine, over our nation, over yourself, okay? And that is this, Psalm 65, 11. You crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. The NASB says you've crowned the year with your goodness and your paths drip with fatness. Go look it up. There is a good fat, a healthy fat, an avocado fat, an omega fat that you get from fish but that this year is going to be 
fat. It's going to be an abundant year. Now you may say, hey, there's wars and rumors of wars. The world is in birth pains. There are going to be things that come, but as a child of God, your eternity is secure and God is going to bless you so that you can be a blessing. He's going to give you an abundance so that you can meet the needs all around you. I'm not talking about opulence. I'm talking about abundance so that when a need appears, you can be the hands and feet of Jesus. He does not want you struggling. He has called you to rule and reign in this life, to thrive so that you can point others towards the kingdom. That is the vision for the Pines Church and I believe for the church going into 2021. And so I want to pray over you as we close. I am so excited to see God unpack this vision in the weeks and the months to follow. But dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for every single person that you've called alongside the Pines Church. People that are gonna sow into the church, people that have become members of the church, I pray that you would enlarge their capacity, that you would continue to add into the vision, that the gifts that you've placed on the inside of them would flourish in Jesus' name. And I pray that this would be a year that they take ground in their family, in their marriage, in their career, and most importantly, in the kingdom. And God, we give you all the glory because you are so worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being with us. It's going to be a great year. Until next time, Godspeed. Thank you so much for listening to Keep the Main Thing the Main Thing, a sermon resource provided by the Pines Church in Bangor, Maine. We'd love to hear from you, so leave us a review on this podcast. If you have any questions, visit thepineschurch.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.